Jesus, we come to you today. Father, we just want to give you thanks. We just want to give you honor and glory, God. We thank you for allowing us to walk through these doors today, to rise up, God, and, and have on our hearts your love, God. We understand that we're here because you love us, God. And God, just put in our hearts not to take that for granted, God. Father, we love you, and, and it's your love that keeps us. We know this, God. It's your love right now that sustains us, God. That's sustaining us to be able to worship you, God. And I pray right now, God, that you just give me your strength to bring forth your word, God, to move me aside. And Holy Spirit, you come and, and, and show mighty, show mighty of God's word. I pray that you touch the hearts and minds of your people and give them understanding and clarity. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God's patience and grace. Our God's patience and our God's great grace, great, wonderful grace. When you think about patience, what comes to mind? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people have a problem with patience. Most people struggle with showing grace, either showing it themselves or being shown it by others. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Some people look at patience and grace as a weakness, as a weakness, having to tolerate things <laughs> that we do not agree with from others. It's like giving a pass, right? It's like giving a pass. But think about this. If you were in heaven, would you have grown impatient with people like ourselves? You probably would have grown impatient with people like ourselves long time ago, right? Long time ago. We get angry quick when it comes to a personal uh, offense. Our frustrations boil over. Are we ready to fire off our judgment on our brothers and sisters? You know, there's lack of regard for the Lord's church, because there's lack of regard for a Savior in this world. You know, all the evil, all the evil in the hearts and minds of many. All the evil in the hearts and minds of even ourselves, right? Men and women pulling our children into sin, changing God's order of things he designed in the earth. Good is evil. Evil is good. We have a generation that don't believe in God's design of marriage. Men changing into women. Women changing in, into men. All the selfishness that goes on. Everybody lying for gain, killing for gain, the suffering of the righteous and the prosperity of the wicked. 
if you were in heaven. If you were God in heaven. If you was in heaven and God asked you, what would you do? What would you do with this? Looking down from heaven and God asks you, what would you do with this? I, myself, probably would tell God, I think it's time for Jesus to return. I, I would tell God, I think it's time for you to pull your true church out of the world. Because they don't seem to be able to get right down there. They just don't get it. But that's just me. But thank God. <laughs> thank God as the heavens are higher than the earth. And his ways are higher than ours. Thank God. His thoughts <laughs> are different <laughs> from ours, as Isaiah say, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For us to truly understand patience, church, we must first think about the patience, the grace, and the long-suffering of God. You know, we can't begin to measure God's goodness. We can't. There's no measuring stick alive that can, that can measure God's goodness. His kindness is not like our kindness. His forgiveness is not like our forgiveness. And his patience is not like our patience, church. We must recognize, as we talked about last week, that, that, that us in our human nature, born in our human states, we were born enemies of God. And that in itself is cause for God's wrath. Born enemies of God. And if you haven't asked Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, you are still an enemy of God. Even accepting Christ as Lord and Savior and living worldly, you are living as an enemy of God. And you are subject, you are subject to the destruction and wrath of God. The Bible tells us to love our enemies. But we want to destroy our enemies, don't we? But not our God. Not our God. Even in our sin and our rebellion, living as enemies of God, our God is not going to rebuke us. Our God will do all he can to save us, to save us. If not, many of us wouldn't even be here today, wouldn't even be here today. So God, being full of mercy and grace, he made a way through Jesus Christ for everyone, every human being, to be a friend of God, to be a friend of God. Understand that those who, who refused to allow Jesus to be Lord over their life, they are the enemies of God. They are the enemies of God. And I said, Lord, over your life. 
lords over your life. We like to think about Savior. We want him to save us, but we don't talk much about him being the Lord over our lives. Understand that those who are refusing Jesus to be Lord over their lives are the enemy. But our God is patient. <laughs> our God is patient. His patience goes hand in hand with his kindness. The patience of God comes from his kindness and his grace because he wants to be merciful towards us. He wants to save us from his wrath. God wants to save you from his wrath, church. But we must also understand that in our rebellion, there is possibility of God's wrath. The possibility of God's wrath is real, very real, church, very real. The patience and grace of God through Jesus Christ shows the unconditional love of God for his people, for you and I. But we must come to realize that when we live and operate in our natural state, outside of Christ that we don't deserve this type of love. We don't deserve that all-consuming love. We don't deserve it, but that don't mean he, will, he don't give it. But just understand this. The kind of love that God shows us is his grace. That's his grace. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this. You see, at, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. We all have been there. Ungodly. Ungodly. And those that are still there, ungodly. Christ died for them as well. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. And I'm going to stop right there. It might be reasonable for someone to sacrifice someone's life for someone who's, what, worthy, right? Might be reasonable to sacrifice your life for someone who's worthy. Think about a, a, a surgeon who can save a lot of lives. A lot of lives. Might be reasonable. Uh, a preacher who can minister to many people, change the hearts and minds of uh, uh, multitudes, change the hearts of men and women in the world. Might be reasonable. But who would give their life? Who would die for a terrible person? Who would die for a terrible person? That's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. <laughs> it's not. But yet, that's exactly what Jesus did. Exactly what Jesus did. Jesus died for us when we were still standing before him with nothing to offer him that can compare to his perfect standards. We had nothing to offer him. Standing before him. 
nothing, not able to compare to his standard. And he died for us. Now, why would God do such a crazy thing like that, right? Why? Why? Understand this. Why? Why? Would you do it? Ask yourself, would you do it? Would you die for your enemy? If someone wanted to kill you, would you die for them? Would you take their place? Why? Well, Paul tells us in the next verse, he says, but God demonstrate his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, enemies of God, Christ died for us. It is because he loves us that he died for us. And we have to acknowledge that we are those filthy rags that he died for. Those filthy rags that he gave his life to try to wash clean. But we have to see ourselves as those 50 rags. We have to see ourselves as only being made right through Christ. <laughs> so if we want to be right, we continue in Christ. We continue the way of Christ if we want to be washed clean. If we don't want to be those 50 rags anymore, we continue in the way of Christ. God loves, exceeds anything that is reasonable, church. Anything that is reasonable, that we can even think is reasonable, God loves, exceeds it. Exceeds it. His grace testifies to his amazing love for us. There is no sin that is not covered by God's grace. None. None. And no amount of sin that God's grace cannot even cover cannot. That's hope. That's hope. The Bible tells us that our God is long-suffering towards us, not wishing that any shall perish, meaning that you or I, he don't want us to go to hell. He don't want us to spend eternity in hell. God doesn't want that. That's not his goal for us. God desires that all of us, all of us be saved. Be saved from his wrath. He says, don't worry about the wrath of someone else. Don't worry about the wrath of man or Satan. Worry about the wrath of your creator. Hallelujah. 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 God desires to save all people. God's love is greater, far greater than the best of any human love. I love my wife. I know how much... She loves me, and she knows how much I love her. But our love combined cannot touch the love of God. Cannot touch the love of God. Mm, mm, mm. God's love is not dependent <laughs> on us. Woo! God's love is not dependent on us. It's not dependent on your failures. Not dependent on your mistakes. Huh? Not dependent on your shame. You can be humiliated by the world, shamed by the world, 
fall into mistakes and troubles time and time again. You can even be drawn into sin and evil. God's love is not even dependent on that. God is focused on saving his people. He's not focused on your wrong. He's focused on your heart, church. On your heart. He loves us in our sin and in our evil. He came to us when we did not even deserve it. You know how how it feels when you go to the mailbox and there's a check in there that you didn't even know about? <laughs> well, are you excited, right? Yeah. Or are you looking at check that bank account? Whoa, whoa, who to bless me? Who to bless me? Yeah. Knowing that you just blew all your money last week, you don't deserve that blessing. <laughs> God came and we did not deserve it. So the next time you doubt God's love, just consider. Christ died for us when we were still enemies of God. We were still sinners. We were still evil people who still deserved hell. Who still deserved hell. And I want us to understand that. See, that's when that transformation of our spirit come about when we recognize who we really are in our human state. We are people of wrath. We are people who deserve hell. We are people who don't deserve that great love of God that he's dishing out. Every time we make a mistake, God loves comes in and rescues us. We don't deserve that, but he does it. He does it. God's love for us through Jesus Christ, church, is our hope. It's the hope for us. That's our hope. Woo! The world might not love me. My neighbor might hate me. My wife might want to divorce me. My kids might not want to even speak to me. But the love of God through Christ is my hope. I'm going to keep going. Because their love, even though I love them, don't compare to that love up there. It don't compare. God's great love for us, church, allows him to be patient and gracious, hoping to lead us into righteousness, holiness, blamelessness, free from accusation. His great love for us wants to bring us into repentance, into repentance. Romans 2, 4, Paul sums up God's patience and kindness. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Can we see? (laughs) Can we see? When our children rebel from us, why do we continue showing them love? We want to change their ways. We want them to change their hearts towards whatever is wrong, right? 
Why is God continuously being patient with us? He wants the same. He wants to change our ways, change our hearts. What a beautiful picture of how God's kindness is intended to lead us to be better people. Better people for ourselves, better people for our families, better people for the kingdom. And lead us into repentance of our wrongs. If someone is constantly nice to you, are you going to continue rebelling against them, doing wrong against them? God's patient with us. His riches, the riches of his kindness should lead us to run from sin. Run from it. Run from it. I have a God that loves me. Run from it. Run from it. I have a God that I am accountable to. Run from it. Run from it. Get away from it. I don't care who you got to get away from. Get away from that sin. Get away from anything that's not of God. That you may be tempted to, to endure yourself. Run from it. Get away from it. Let them be mad at you. Don't allow God to be upset with you. We don't want that wrath of God. When you think of your sin, the sin that you have indulged in, the sin that you are guilty of, the things that you have done, even the things that you may have not done that God has called you to do. And you say, why repent? Why? Because of his love, his great love. Because of his mercy, his patience, his faithfulness, his kindness towards us. The fact that he gives us chance after chance after chance, church, when he could have destroyed us long ago. Long ago. Long ago. We're not as safe as we think. And we need to think about that. <laughs> we get comfortable with God's love sometimes, don't we? We know he, he, he would give anything. He didn't showed us he would give anything. He gave his son for us. So God is not going to destroy me. Mm. The fact that he gives us chance after chance after chance when he could have destroyed us long ago. Romans 4 also reminds us of God's grace. It's grace. Why? Because it's totally undeserved. It's totally undeserved. God, we don't deserve it. We are sinful people. I am a sinful person. Our, my nature, our nature is, is to run to the way of sin. So yes, we should praise God for his mercy, his kindness towards us, his riches towards us. We should praise God that he's patient with us, continually praying for his patience, asking his patience and and his grace to lead us 
into a life of repentance. Repentance is not just a one-time event. Repentance is a lifetime. It's a lifetime. We almost live in repentance, don't we? If we're honest, if we're honest, we live in repentance. Not saying that's a bad thing, but we're growing. We're growing. We're learning right from wrong. Even as adults, mature adults, we're still learning right from wrong. God's way from our way. That never will stop. It never will stop. Never. We'll never know it all. But what if we don't get it? What about the knowing all that we still don't get it? Well, Paul tells us in the next verse, he tells us this. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. God's kindness, patience, grace gives people time to repent of their wrongdoings and come into peace with him. But it does not give us a license to continue in rebelling or continue to sin. In Revelations 2.20 through 23, the Lord's statement about Jezebel is very instructive to this. See, sometimes we take for granted the graciousness and the long-suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we have, we have to be reminded that even though our Lord is gracious, he's, he's merciful, he is compassionate, slow to anger, our Lord is rich in love, he's also a just God. And he's also a God of judgment. Listen to his words, to the letter, to the church, to his people says, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and, and seducing servants to practice sexual immorality and, and eat food sacrificed to idols. He says this, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. He gave her time to see her wrongdoing. I say this, God is not playing when it comes to his church, to the people that proclaim to live for Jesus. He's not playing in our ways, in our directions when we are off course because we are representatives of who Jesus Christ is. How long do we think that God is going to let his church misrepresent him? 
How long? God is not playing when it comes to the disobedience about sin and the church's tolerance of it. But what a display of God's kindness, right, and mercy. This woman calls herself a prophetess, a woman from among believers <laughs> who claim to have the gift of prophecy. She may have some unusual gifts, but she was using them to influence, to teach positions that are contrary to the word of God. She perverted the grace of God. She used it as an excuse for, for idolatry and, and to seduce, seduce other believers into sin, the sin of sexual immorality and convincing them that it's okay to compromise with society as though immorality and idolatry is, is not a serious matter of believers. The world will tell you that. And many Christians have fallen into those lies of the enemy and of the world, that it's okay to indulge in these things that God says don't indulge in. Because you may be one and they may be millions doing it. You may think that it's okay. But the enemy is backing them and God is backing you. I take that one any day. I take that one any day. I will be that one any day. I will be that one any day. And this is what this is talking about. So how is it? that she was able to convince those of the church to do these immoral things. To the church, to God's people. And how is it, how is it, how is it that God extended the opportunity <laughs> for her to turn from her wicked ways? He extended the opportunity for her to turn from her wicked ways and receive his salvation. One of the worst crimes in the church, and God extended his grace. He, he, he held off. He was patient. How is it? One would think she should have been cast into eternal darkness right then. Right then in the sight of God. Right then, we in ourselves probably would have, right? Cast her out. You are banned from the church. But then if you think about it, so, so should we. In our mistakes, in our failures, in our rebellion against God, in our sin, in our lies, in our unrepented heart. We too should be cast into eternal darkness long ago. Long ago. See, a lot of us is no different than Jezebel. Than Jezebel. But God in his mercy, he gave her time to repent. To repent of her wicked ways. 
just as he's given us time this day, this day, to allow this day to be the day of repentance. Not tomorrow, but this day, church, this day. We must search our hearts and search our minds, change our ways. Thank God for his mercy and for his long suffering, right? Thank him. But understand the Lord's patience has limits. The Lord's patience has limits. See, he will not indulge evil and sin forever. Not just outward sin, but the inward sin. The sin that we think that God can't see, that people can't see. The sin that's of the heart. He's not going to tolerate that. Just because we may not be seen sinning, but we're sinning here and here. Listen to what the Lord says. Listen to what the Lord says in verses 22 and 23. He says, therefore, I will throw her in a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. And I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give each of you according to your works. You hear that again? You hear it again? God is not playing. God is not playing. If Jesus returned today, what would you receive for your works? What will, he, will you receive of your works? Not even your outward works. What about your heart? What will he say about your heart? He's the only one that knows. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're all wonderful people with great hearts. But he's the only one that knows. He's the only one that knows. See, our Lord will deal with that unrepentant sin. He himself declares in this verse, I will give each of you as your deeds deserve. It may not happen immediately, no, because of our God's love for us. And as long-suffering as he is, right? But assuredly, it will happen. Assuredly, it will happen. We've seen it time and time again in his word. But where there is absence of a heartfelt conviction of sin and repentance, it will surely happen. It will surely happen. There is no heartfelt conviction of, of sin and repentance. The wrath of God is headed in your direction. The Lord gave her time to repent, and she refused. The Lord has given his church time to repent, his church time to come back to him. God's patience and grace, church. If we love God's patience and grace, it allows us to repent, not to continue in our rebellion state. Let's understand that. Please, let's understand that. If we thank God for his goodness, if we thank God for his love, we thank God for his mercy and his grace. That's God saying, turn towards me. Turn towards the one that loves you. 
not towards the ones that want to destroy you. He's giving us chance after chance after chance. God's patience and grace allows repentance, not rebellion. Not rebellion. God's patience and grace is meant to bring us to repentance. The reason God is patient, church, is because he gives us sinners opportunity to make it right. To make it right. And that's the point that I was talking about earlier of you have to see yourself as in your human state sometimes. So you can see where you can make yourself right through Christ. If we don't see it, what is there to fix, right? See ourselves as those filthy rags that Christ is growing up, growing us in his love and his patience and his grace to clean us up. God is not willing to tolerate evil, nor does God desire to punish evil. God wants peace with his people. And in Genesis, I want to close with Genesis. Genesis 6, starting at verse 1. God loves us. He loves us. This, these are the people of Noah's day. Noah's day. You listen to the words, it, it will remind you of our day. Verse 1 says this. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. God respond to great wickedness. He says this in verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of their thoughts, <laughs> he knows the thoughts, of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. And then 1 Peter sums it up like this. 1 Peter 3.20, we talk about God's patience. He said, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. God says, my spirit will not contend with humans forever. There's a limit, right? He said it. There's a limit to our evilness. There will be a limit to our rebellion. God did not allow the human race to stay in that rebellion place forever, church. What does that mean for us? There will be a point of no return. <laughs> there will be a point of no return in our rejection of God. 
there will be a point of no return in our rejection of God. God will not woo us forever. He will not blow our minds forever, church. There's a point where God will say no more. No more. I love you, but no more. No more. All the reason for us today, all the reason for us today in this day to respond to God's patience, to respond to God's mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his love, all reason, all reason. Today is the day to respond to Jesus, to respond to Jesus instead of waiting another day. Today is the day to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be Savior and Lord. Today is the day, church. We have no promise that God will seek to draw us near another day. We have no promise of that. None. We live a life in faith, but of uncertainty. There's no promise that God will draw us near another day. He said this, their days will be 120 years. This is not the, the outside lifespan of God, but this is the time that, that the time left until the judgment of the flood. The flood happened 120 years after this announcement by God. 120 years. What that means? God held back judgment for them 120 years during the construction of the ark. How long, how long would it take for us to get it? If that is not a, a, a patient, loving, merciful, gracious God, you know how many people probably died in their sin? Why God has blessed them with grace to during that time? You know how many people will die in our lifetime? Why God has his hand out saying, come to me. To save you. How many people will die before they even reach out to God to be saved? They may get close, but may miss it by one day. By one day. How many times you heard they was just trying to get their life right? And then something happens. And then we comfort people and tell them, oh, they in heaven. When we know the lifestyle they did, we know the unrepented lifestyle that they lived. 
And I think a lot of times when we cover that up, a lot of people don't get it. When we cover up the truth of God's wrath, a lot of people don't get it. We allow them to stay in their condition and their, and their sin, thinking they're promised another day. God gave the people of Noah time to repent. God's design, divine, long-suffering waited for the people in Noah's day because of his great love for fallen humanity. Those people were wicked, evil, just like we are today, what we're seeing today. God is doing the exact same thing for us. We can look at those people and say how wicked they are. The Bible describes it, unimaginable things. But that exact same thing is happening in our generation, in our communities, next door to us. We have evil next door to us. We have evil in our hearts. We are murderous people outside of Christ. Anybody offend us outside of Christ, we want to murder them. God's divine patience and grace has waited on you and I up until today. Up until today. But who knows what tomorrow may bring. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness, God. And Father, if I can, if I can speak for, the, for your people, God, I lift their hearts up to you, God. And I say, search them, God. Search their hearts, God. And I pray that if there's anything within them, within me, God, that is not of you, that is not satisfying and pleasing to you, God, convict us of it. Bring it to our attention, God. Bring our rebellion to, to, your, to our attention. Bring our wickedness to our attention, God. Bring us to, into a life of repentance, God. In this moment, God, speak to your people, God. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. In this moment, speak. Speak, Lord. Speak, Holy Spirit. Speak, Lord.